Good morning, my friends. Welcome to With God at Dawn. He sitteth upon the circle of the earth. It is he that sitteth upon the circle of the earth, and the inhabitants thereof are as grasshoppers, that stretcheth out the heavens as a curtain, and spreadeth them out as a tent to dwell in. Isaiah 40, 22. He that ruleth in the heavens is the one who sees the end from the beginning, the one before whom the mysteries of the past and the future are alike outspread, and who, beyond the woe and darkness and ruin that sin has wrought, beholds the accomplishment of his own purposes of love and blessing. Though clouds and darkness are round about him, righteousness and judgment are the foundation of his throne, and this the inhabitants of the universe, both loyal and disloyal, will one day understand. His work is perfect, for all his ways are judgment. A God of truth and without iniquity, just and right is he. God is our Father who loves and cares for us as his children. He is also the great King of the universe. The interests of his kingdom are our interests, and we are to work for its upbuilding. To hallow the name of the Lord requires that the words in which we speak of the supreme being be uttered with reverence. Holy and reverend is his name. We are never in any manner to treat lightly the titles or appellations of the deity. In prayer we enter the audience chamber of the Most High, and we should come before him with holy awe. The angels veil their faces in his presence. The cherubim and the bride and holy seraphim approach his throne with solemn reverence, how much more should we, finite, sinful beings, come in a reverent manner before the Lord, our Maker. This reminds me of the vision of the prophetess who saw in heaven a ball of fire come slowly from the throne of God which was surrounded by light so bright it could not be seen. This ball of fire floated by her on its way to its destination, and she trembled like a leaf, knowing that if it came near her, she would be destroyed. Our God is indeed a consuming fire. We read that though clouds and darkness are round about him, the only thing that comes to mind is when the dark cloud settled upon Mount Sinai, when Moses went up to meet with God and was there forty days. I forget how many days it was before he got to meet with God, but during that waiting time, he was, he was um, searching his heart and letting go of the things of the world and sanctifying himself to be able to commune with God and live. 
I've seen fluffy white clouds on tops of mountains, but not a cloud of darkness. That had to be quite scary. Exodus 19.9 is Moses telling what God said to him. He said, I will come unto thee in a thick cloud. There was fire and smoke and darkness, and it was thick or dense. I'll share what I think, but of course, you are free to follow the trail of your own study. God told Moses none of the Israelites were to come near or they would be destroyed. God gave Moses instructions to sanctify the people, which means from the 1828 dictionary, of course, says um, it means to cleanse or make holy, to separate or set apart, be free from guilt. They bathed and washed their clothes, and Moses offered a sacrifice for their sin. We read in Hebrews 12:29, our God is a consuming fire. Sin cannot exist in his presence, and his holiness burns up everything unholy that's in his presence. This is, I believe, the reason he creates a barrier between himself and the people that he wants to save. Moses reveals in Exodus 33:20, God told him, no man can see my face and live. And this is what he told Moses when he said was his friend whom he said was his friend and spoke with him face to face, but apparently even Moses could not look at his face and live. Exodus 33:21 through 23 reveals how God would let Moses see him from a cleft in the rock and see the back of him but not his face. God wants to save us, to give us life, not to see us destroyed, but sin cannot exist in his holy presence. Exodus 20 contains the commandments and how Moses, in verse 21, drew near unto the thick darkness where God was. In chapter 1, begins to reveal the judgments and statutes or civil ceremonial laws. So there were separate laws given to Moses on the mountain. Exodus 31:18. Uh, call the Ten Commandments Two Tables of Testimony, which I believe uh, in principle refers to the testimony of the true witness found revealed in Revelation 1, 5, and 3.14. We've been told that the straight testimony then is the assessment that one's works are not enough and that a lukewarm condition prevails that is nauseous to God. This assessment will have an effect upon the heart of those who receive it and lead him to exalt the truth. So God has a barrier between himself and us until the sin problem can be resolved. And God's universe can be clean and free of sin. Studying what sin is is beyond the scope of our reading this morning. It's enough to know God wants to save us. He wants to give us life and at last See us face to face without sin, for eternal life and happiness in his presence. 1 Corinthians thirteen twelve, which is the faith chapter, says, Now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. I imagine it would be scary to walk into a cloud of darkness that burned with fire and smoke. But Moses knew God. He was his friend. 
and he would be protected. I found a promise in 1 Peter 1, 7 through 9, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation or revealing of Jesus Christ, whom having not seen you love, though now you do not see him, yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory, receiving the result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So I'm going to just sing one verse from the hymn, Holy, Holy, Holy. The last verse. Holy, Holy, Holy. Darkness hide thee, O the eye of man, thy great glory may not see. Only thou art holy, there is none beside thee. Perfect in power, in love and purity. A Father in heaven, O Lord, thou art holy, thou who inhabit the praises of thy people, thou who lives in the past, the present, and the future all at once, we do not understand. Thy greatness, thy holiness, thy majesty, and thy love, thy infinite love. You have sacrificed so much for us, and you love each one of us as though we were the only one that you are working with. It is your desire that we would be prepared to be in your presence, to know as we are known, to see as we are seen, to take away this dark glass that separates us. Lord, I pray for these who are here with me this morning. A personal, strong, precious, special prayer. I want to intercede on their behalf, Lord. Take away the sin in my life that separates me from you, that I might ask this precious blessing on these, my brothers and sisters, wherever they are found in the world. That they would trust in you Though they cannot see through the darkness that surrounds you, the mystery, our inability to understand, but that they can know and realize that they are being sanctified right now, being prepared to be restored to you. And if they will let you do the work in them, Lord, that one day they will see you face to face. Oh, glory, what a, what a wonderful experience. Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's your desire to separate us from sin. Help us, Lord, to let you do it, to surrender all to you whom we love. In thy name I pray. Amen. Please join me again tomorrow morning for a few minutes. Let's spend a little time together reading, meditating, thinking on God's promises, maybe singing a little hymn, and finally having prayer together. My brother. My sister, wherever you are, I send my love your way.